Welcome to Seder Stories, the official podcast of Holy Cross Athletics, presented by UMass Memorial Health. Welcome to Seder Stories, the official podcast of Holy Cross Athletics, presented by UMass Memorial Health. As always, I'm your host, Kevin Gale. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and today's interview will be an honest conversation about mental health. Holy Cross has a number of resources on campus for students and faculty, including the Holy Cross Counseling Center. To speak more about this support network and hear her own personal journey as a student athlete at Holy Cross, we're pleased to welcome Jonna Shamley. She's a graduating senior from the Crusader volleyball team. Jonna, welcome to Seder Stories. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to have you here, especially on such a big week. Congratulations on your graduation. What are some of your big plans ahead after graduating? So I actually will be going to grad school starting this summer in July. So I do get kind of a couple weeks of a break, which I'm looking forward to, but I'm going to grad school at Wake Forest in their master's in management program. It's only a 10 month program. So it's super short, graduate this May, I'll graduate next May. And then I'll enter the workforce and it's like an MBA deferral program. So after a couple of years of experience and the professional world, I get to go back and get my MBA, which is really nice. So that's kind of what I'm looking forward to doing after graduation. That's really exciting. You're graduating from Holy Cross as a psychology major. You're hoping to continue on in the business of sports. The first time you and I chatted, you said that you felt like that Holy Cross degree really prepared you for so many different avenues in the world of sports. Absolutely. I think coming into it, I was upset a little bit because they didn't have like your traditional business administration major or your marketing major. You really only had like accounting or econ, but I learned that it was honestly like a blessing in disguise that the the reason that the liberal arts education is prized so much is that it offers such a well-rounded perspective on so many different things. And I feel like that honestly is going to give me a leg up in the professional world. And as I've spoken with alumni and just people looking to hire me or, or whatnot, they always speak to people who come from liberal arts education, especially student athletes, how successful they typically do in their field. So that just helped me gain a lot more confidence over the last couple of years. Now let's talk a little bit about your volleyball career. As a high schooler, you enjoyed outstanding success in your hometown of Orlando, Florida. What drew you all the way up to Worcester and Holy Cross for your college education? So uh, mainly for recruiting reasons, obviously, I wanted to leave the state. I didn't want to go too far. I wasn't expecting to completely leave regions, but one of the number one things that I was looking at was the prestigiousness of an institution, which Holy Cross 100% checked off those boxes. And after being here for the past couple of years, there were boxes that it checked off that I didn't even know to put on my list. But obviously, like I love the sport of volleyball. I'm super competitive. I love to win. So I wanted to come to a program that I could make an immediate impact on. And I felt that Holy Cross out of all my options was the best place for me to do that. I think a lot of student athletes would agree that the year 2020, in fact, everyone in general would agree that was a that was a major moment in time where you can say there was a pre-COVID reality and a post-COVID reality. For you personally, prior to that COVID-impacted school year at Holy Cross and the delayed volleyball season, how would you describe your experience on campus as a student athlete? 
it was it was hard in a lot of ways I would say it was a very different environment from what I came from back in Orlando Florida I've played a club ever since I was eight years old and I've kind of always been on that top team I've won a national championship like four times I switched clubs and I did experience what it was like to not necessarily necessarily be that like star athlete and I sat on the bench but I honestly think it was a really great learning experience because I kind of had to fight for my spot and I eventually got it and not only did I get it I was the captain that year and then we also won a national championship so it just made me realize that I was deserving of that championship when I was on the court and then equally as deserving when I was on the bench because I was equally as part of the team and I came here and, and that winning culture wasn't necessarily instilled yet. I was a freshman and they made me a captain like a couple weeks in, which was obviously something I've done before, but I had to be a captain in a way that I've never had to be a captain before, which was really hard to adjust to. And then we had a coach change after my freshman year, which was an additional adjustment. But through all the hard times and all the losses, there were also a lot of accomplishments that we were making. Our coach now always says, like, leave things better than you found it. And even though there was a lot of ups and a lot of downs, and my ride here was kind of like a roller coaster, looking back on where the program was when I got here and where it is now, I definitely think it's in a better spot. So I'm happy to say that I kind of made positive contributions to the volleyball program. And that was before COVID, uh, during COVID, our COVID season, we made it to the playoffs for the first time in history. Obviously due to a concussion injury, I wasn't able to play in those playoff matches, but just being able to be with my team and be a part of that history was super important to me. You mentioned the ups and downs, of course, being a part of that team success was, was a great high, but you could say one of the lows was suffering that concussion because you've talked before about how difficult it was in the days and weeks after your concussion. For those of us who haven't experienced that before, what was that like for you? Yeah, so I actually, I've never had a concussion before. So that was the first time for me as well. So I wasn't really sure like what to expect. That's one of those injuries where it's like everybody's kind of different. Um, my trainer would tell me like some people get hit in the head and they get knocked unconscious and they bounce back within a week or two. And then some people don't have that hard of an impact. And then you're out for like a couple months. And unfortunately I was closer to the latter end of the spectrum and someone who takes pride in not just being a good athlete, but being a good student, being a good person on campus, having the concussion prevented me from doing a lot of the things that I kind of wanted to exemplify to my teammates, whether that be working hard in practice or taking extra hours in the gym or being a good person in the community or getting good grades. And like, we, we always say to like own your 23 hours, which are 21 hours because three hours you're in practice, but what are you doing in those 21 hours when you're not in practice? Cause that has just as much as an impact on your performance. And I wasn't able to do any of those things. And I couldn't it was hard for me to recognize that at that time I needed to rest and I needed to give my mind a break and I needed to contact my teachers and tell them like, I can't complete my work right now because that was me owning my 20, 21 hours. But since I was so used to operating in a certain way, it was hard for me to adjust to just taking a step back and kind of letting things work out because 
unfortunately with a concussion you can't do necessarily do like rehab and stuff like that like you literally just have to let your brain recover like you can't with the ACL tear you can't go in and work on exercises or I've had plenty of injuries with my back and stuff like I couldn't go in and do core exercises like I had to like sit in the dark and not look at my phone and kind of just like reflect or just get my mind to relax, which I did not do very well. <laughs> so well, that can be very difficult. Who was there to best support you during those times when you realized I have to focus on myself now? One of the number one people I would say is, is my trainer. And I know that they're there for, to, kind of emphasize the well-being of me as an athlete in regards to training and keeping me healthy but she was definitely there in so so many more ways in regards to helping me like align my priorities because of all the things that I was going through and I was stuck between having everything be a number one priority when there really wasn't enough room for that to be the case she was the one there to kind of be like a sense of reason to kind of get me through practice, to get me through the days. And I would say on campus, that would be my number one supporter for sure. And then kind of when I had to spend some time at home, my parents were unbelievable. Uh, my mom and dad, they went above and beyond in regards to ensuring that I was getting the help that I needed in, in all ways, emotionally, mentally, physically. And then my family in general, like it was just coming home or being home was a safe place. And I know that's not the case for all people. So I was super privileged to be able to have those people in my life to kind of help me through this process. Oh, that's great to hear. But I, I, I know that it got more challenging after you left campus to focus on recovery at home with your family, mm -hmm. suffered a second concussion and you had mentioned that that experience led you to thoughts of self-harm. What was that experience like? And how did you take the steps to begin that recovery again after suffering that second concussion? Mm -hmm. So right around like just before Easter time, we had our season was actually pushed to the spring. Typically it's in the fall, but it was in the spring due to COVID. We made it to playoffs, which wasn't hosted by us. It was actually at Colgate, which was the place where I originally got concussed. And I hadn't been traveling up until that time just because the, the bus rides and sometimes it's hard to control if there was light that was coming in and whatnot. So we had just agreed to just do home games. And it, I knew it was going to be the last tournament for us. And the last tournament with the seniors at the time, which were a big part of our success. And my trainer and I discussed it and we're like, okay, let's try, we can take you on the trip and we can just try and control what we can control. So I went and unfortunately we lost, but it was a really great experience. Lots of emotions in the locker room. Um, but when I got back, my progress has kind of plateaued. I knew the bus ride was going to kind of set me back a little bit, but I was, ex I was expecting to kind of bounce back eventually, which I didn't really do. And everything was online at that point. And I just felt like I wasn't in the best environment to progress in the way that I needed to. So I made the hard decision to come home. 
And when I came home, I, I left like the day that we actually got back from classes for Easter break. I came, I left and I like took a leave of absence from my classes and obviously like from my sport, but technically we were in the off season, but I took a leave of absence from my sport. And unfortunately when I got back like a night or two, I, I hit my head. So I, the first time I got concussed, a ball hit me in the head or twice, but I hit my head and it basically set me back like worse than when the initial concussion, I had to go to the emergency room. They had to do like a CT scan just to see if there was any damage. Luckily there wasn't, but I was basically obviously in a better environment, but I was experiencing pain that was way worse than what I was originally feeling. And I was basically put on like complete lockdown. The first time that I kind of had the concussion, like there was like no headphones, no phone or whatnot, but I was basically that like times 10, like I was supposed to be like in the dark as much as possible. I could go on like 10 to 15 minute walks, but I couldn't really exercise outside of that. And I just had this like never ending pain in my head. I couldn't sleep. I would go days without sleeping, like not even tossing and turning, just wide awake. And my parents were there to support me, but obviously they had, and so did my siblings because I'm the baby of three, they had jobs and they had like things to do. So sometimes I would be home alone, just trying to figure out how to pass time. And it got to the point where I would just be laying down. And especially at night, this tended to happen in the evening when I, when no one was really there to like talk to me or whatnot. And I just couldn't take it. And I had thoughts of like ending my life which I had never had before and it was terrifying and at the time I was speaking with our sports psychologist at the school and he said like you should tell your parents because obviously like he's up here at school so I told my parents and we got a therapist for me to visit like down here who was another big part of my support system and they were um what do you call it fleeting thoughts at first And then I was progressing a little bit and I was going to like essentially like concussion rehab or whatever. (laughs) Um, And later on, they actually got a lot worse and they got a lot more violent. And my family and I made the hard decision for me to go seek some professional like 24 seven help because I love my parents, but they're not professionals. And they could only keep their eye on me for so long without completely like uprooting themselves and just like stopping everything that they were doing, which they couldn't really do. So I ended up doing that and going to the place that I went to prevented what it needed to prevent, obviously, but it wasn't until after I got got out that I kind of see a little bit of transformation in regards to the concussion and like my mental health. What experience would you say saved you from those thoughts of self-harm? I would say not necessarily an an experience, but briefly, like in the, these people probably don't even know, like, and I get like a little teary eyed just mentioning it, but a lot of my friends, like we like check in on each other, like just to see how we're doing. And as I progressed throughout the concussion, like I was able to have like limited access to my phone eventually. 
and people would just like check in on me because I just knew like I wasn't at school or people from my club would just see like hey like how are you doing or just thinking about you and I would realize like there's all these people who actually love me and like care about me and it would be such a shame if I were to to do this do what I was thinking of doing and I know this isn't the case for everybody but honestly I I one of the things that I would tell myself to kind of prevent me from actually doing anything is that it would it would be a little selfish to remove myself from all these people's lives who I know I've had such like a big impact on so I think that's one of the things that I would continually try and tell myself because the like the dark thoughts that you would have would be like nobody like nobody cares about you or if you were to be gone like nobody would really notice and as those people were reaching out to me it would just solidify that that like that's not the truth and there's people in my circle who love me who care about me my well-being is like one of their priorities and I just knew that I couldn't I couldn't do something like that to them and especially with like the rise in like suicidal rates among the student athletes and hearing some of the things that the their family or their friends have to say about them it just makes me super grateful for the fact that I didn't I didn't cause that harm to somebody else so I would say that's that's one of the main things that definitely kind of saved me and I feel like those people probably have no idea that that was even the case but I would say that's definitely one of the things that I was able to kind of hold on to for sure. At Fuel America, we've created a place for people to gather, to share their stories. We are a destination and we are a starting point because Fuel America is not just our name, it's our mission. Run, roll, walk. Massachusetts is getting moving again. And UMass Memorial Healthcare is here to do our part. Push, pull. We're the region's leader in orthopedics with more doctors, more expertise, and more locations than anyone else. Stir, kick, get moving again with UMass Memorial Healthcare's orthopedics experts. Jig, jog. Appointments available now. Call 855 UMass MD. UMass Memorial Healthcare a proud sponsor of Holy Cross Athletics. Just across Worcester, WPI graduate students are collaborating on solutions to the world's greatest challenges. Their innovations are transforming everyday lives. And our alumni have rewarding careers in robotics and data science to advance manufacturing and business. What will your impact be? Start exploring today at wp.wpi.edu forward slash grad explore. What does it mean to be relentless? It means providing access to great medicine for everyone. UMass Memorial Health, the relentless pursuit of healing. Find the help you're looking for at ummhealth.org. At Wegmans, we've packed our fresh and delicious salads with incredible flavor. Each one is made with our very best ingredients, like fresh greens, imported cheeses, and our signature dressings. We've packed big, delicious flavor into every bite for salads that are endlessly good. 
when you first approached us, Jana, about sharing your story, you said that the goal for you in this interview was to share your story to bring a level of awareness to what student athletes like you might be going through. I know many student athletes might have concerns about how others respond as they share feelings like these. Can you share the way that you felt as you began to open up, not just with your family, but with coaches, with people on campus about how those conversations helped you take the next step? Um, yeah, I would say one of the things that I was like very scared of is if I were to tell people basically opening myself up and being vulnerable and somebody kind of looking at me and viewing me as, as less than how they viewed me before, or in regards to my sport as somebody who they don't want to compete next to because they don't really know like if their mind is in the right place or somebody just having pity for you. And none of those things happen luckily for me. And the select people that I did tell my story to in, in detail, they just, they looked at me for like who I was and they, all they were concerned with was how can I support you like down the line there? A lot of times there was like a little bit of shock and that's, that's completely fair. And I think a lot of that has to do with who I am because although I've had this like event happen, like later in my life, like I've always had severe anxiety and things of that nature, but I've always been able to kind of put a face on and kind of not show other people what I'm feeling inside unless I want them to see it. So I'm like this, not bubbly, but like optimistic person who's always there for other people. And then I tell people a story like this and they're like, oh my God, like I would have never thought that you would do something like that. And looking from the outside in, I would say the exact same thing, but they weren't, they didn't think anything less of me. And they didn't look at me with those like sad puppy dog eyes. Cause I know that's something that I wouldn't, I wouldn't really like as a response but other people could be different obviously but they were just there as a friend like like not much really changed in our relationship other than the fact that they just got to know me on a deeper level and sometimes that opened up a door for me to get to know them on a deeper level so we were able to be there for each other in ways that we weren't previously able to so I'm super grateful for those people who were just there who listened who didn't judge who were open to kind of like, oh, like, is this a proper way to respond to, to what you told me or things like that? Because sometimes people don't, don't deal with this themselves. So they don't want to offend somebody else. So asking, I feel like asking is always better than assuming. Um, and that's what they did. And I think I'm super grateful for them because they've definitely helped me kind of be where I am today in regards to being able to graduate, which a couple months ago, I did not think was going to be possible. That's wonderful to hear. You mentioned the assistance and support you had back at home in Florida. As you returned to campus over the last six months, what would you say has been most useful to you in, in making a return to day-to-day -day life on campus and, and being a member of the, the Holy Cross community in person again? Because I know, again, that, that COVID shutdown year, taking classes online was very challenging. How has this last semester been for you at Holy Cross? This 
last semester has been honestly one of the best semesters that I've had here on campus. And a lot of people probably say, oh, like it's because like you're a senior or whatever. And I just feel like, and it's unfortunate it took me so long to do this, but I'm glad I was able to actually do it. And basically just like sit back and kind of take in all the experiences and all the things that I'm going through. Cause I was always so worried about, oh, you have practice. Oh, you have a tournament or you have a game or you have this test. And it was always like, what's the next thing that I had to do? Like I was always just looking forward and I can never really just sit back and sit in the moment. And I've been doing that a lot. I think, I guess that has a lot to do with being a senior because I knew that there wasn't a semester after this where I could do that with the same people being able to do that just helped me build a lot of relationships that I'm like dang I wish I had these like a couple years ago but I think God has a timing for everything and I think honestly it worked out perfectly because I feel like these people came into my life at at a time when I most needed it but I was basically just able to kind of lift the stress off of my shoulders a little bit I would always worry about getting things done and I always got them done so it was kind of like okay yeah you have this to do but you know you're gonna get it done so just take it one step at a time and I was always (laughs) so worried about who like who I would be after playing my sport and I think my teammates can attest to this like I was always super super early to practice like always on my P's and Q's and I definitely laxed up a little bit for sure. And you probably wouldn't even be able to tell by my grades that I had like the second highest GPA that I've had here on campus. So I think it just goes to show that you can kind of not take yourself too seriously and enjoy yourself a little bit and still have the outcome that you're looking to have for sure. John, I wanted to wrap up our conversation by by asking, based on this experience, do you have a message for current and future student athletes, not just at Holy Cross, but in Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three athletics about, you know, what you could best take away from your experience and and how it can lead them in new directions with their own career on campus? Yeah, I would say the number one thing that I would emphasize is your mental health is equally as important as your physical health. And I think that is something that we're kind of trending towards, but we're still not nearly as close as where we need to be because we're kind of in an environment where it's like, okay, are you fit to play? Like, can you shoot a hoop or can you do a serve or whatever? And it's like, yeah, physically I might be able to do that. But in my case, if I had thoughts of like ending my life, then I'm in no way capable of playing my sport. And I feel like because if you were to look at me and not necessarily see something wrong, people would be confused as to why I wasn't able to play. And that's why like when people were asking me like, oh, like, why aren't you playing? Like I would always say, oh, I have like post-concussion syndrome, which I, I had a little bit of, but it was more so I wasn't mentally in the right place to play, but I wasn't necessarily ready to say that to every single person that came by me. There was those like few people who I trusted to know the real reason why I couldn't play, but just out of fear of like, oh, like she's weak or her priorities aren't straight. And it's like, 
you need to mentally be in a good place in order to perform just as you need to be physically in a good place in order to perform. And there's nothing wrong with seeking help. There's nothing wrong with going through bouts of depression or having extreme anxiety. I would say the only thing potentially wrong is that is feeling that you have to solve those things on your own. And I think a lot of times that's what people feel like they have to do because they don't want their teammates to view them in a certain way, or they don't want the community or their coaches to think that they're not in it a hundred percent. And I just think being a hundred percent honest with how you feel mentally as with how you feel physically are equally as important. And I think it would be able to prevent a lot of the stress and anxiety that a lot of student athletes have, because I think being a student athlete is one of the best things that I've been able to experience. But if I were to go back, there were, there would be a lot of things that I would probably do a little differently. And I know some people, how they ended up afterwards, like it wasn't worth it. And I feel like if there's more compassion towards the mental aspect of being a student athlete, being a student in, in general, I think there would, there would be a lot of problems that we'd be able to kind of prevent. But obviously, I think only moving forward, we can only hope to kind of change those attitudes and prevent those things in the future. Jana, I want to personally thank you for sharing your story with us in this forum. It's, it's truly been an honor to meet you. And I wish you all the best on your next steps at Wake Forest. It sounds like you're really excited about the future, and I'm excited to see what's ahead for you in, in the world of sports. Will volleyball be part of your life going forward as well? Volleyball physically will not be a part of my life going forward, but volleyball will always be a part of my life in some form or fa fashion. There's so many lessons that a classroom could even begin to teach that I've learned through playing this sport. And I couldn't imagine just tossing those things to the side after kind of hanging up my jersey. So I definitely think there's going to be a volleyball piece of me every single where I go. Well, thank you again. I hope you have a wonderful graduation weekend. It sounds like your family is flying in from all over the country. I, I really hope you enjoy it. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. Thank you, Jonna. And for those of you tuning in, the Holy Cross Counseling Center is open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to noon and 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. The staff can be reached by calling 508-793-3363. If you're in distress and need to speak with someone urgently, an on-call crisis counselor at Holy Cross can be reached 24-7 at 855-418-7282. You can also reach the National Suicide Helpline at 800-273-8225. My thanks to all of you for tuning in to Seder Stories. Please subscribe to our show on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And if you appreciate our show, please leave us a five-star rating and review. It's the best way for fellow Crusaders to find our shows. Thanks again for tuning in to Seder Stories. I'm Kevin Gale. Thank you for listening to this episode of Seder Stories, presented by UMass Memorial Health. Stay in the loop on all things Holy Cross Athletics at GoHolyCross.com and at GoHolyCross on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Go Cross Go!